Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Nehemiah. We're starting out. We were starting out earlier. Uh, Nehemiah was a cupbearer before the king, uh, Artaxerxes, um, in Persia. And um, so somebody comes up to him in the temple, in in the royal palace, I would say. And, you know, he's just saying, how's everything going back in Jerusalem? And somebody says to him, things are terrible. You know, the walls are broken down, the gates are destroyed by fire, you know, and um, Nehemiah, uh, he knows his, you know, his country is um, in trouble and things are bad. And uh, even though the the exiles have returned home, uh, it's still things are in disarray. So he's really sad. And so uh, he prays this prayer. He takes on you know he prays for the sin of everyone not just of the people who went back but he prays for his own sin too so in other words it's not a sanctimonious prayer you know oh i pray for all these other sinners he's praying for everybody and he puts himself in the same boat so that's what we're seeing and then we're going to see that he is asking for the king to be able to get permission to go back and fix up the walls. So that's where we are. Nehemiah is a man of prayer, but he's also a man of action. He puts his prayers into action. So let's take a look. Verse 7, and we're in the middle of his prayers. This is where we left off from yesterday. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Verse 8, remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. In other words, Nehemiah is praying to God and recalling his promise to Moses, like, if you guys keep my ways, I'm going to be with you. But if you don't follow my ways, I'm going to scatter you. But if you are scattered and then you return 
to my ways, I'm on, I'll rescue you. So he's saying, you know what? This is exactly what happened, Lord. If we can return to your ways, maybe you'll, you know, strengthen us again and give us your presence again. So that's what he's praying. He's recalling God's own words to Moses. Verse 10, they are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. Oh, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. In other words, this man is King Artaxerxes, and he kind of, he's, he's, He's not belittling him, but he's just sort of saying, compared to you, it's just this man here. Now, I was the cupbearer to the king. So, we get Nehemiah's prayer to God. Now, he's going in to be the cupbearer. Chapter 2, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now, remember, the cupbearer is supposed to drink taste first because if there's poison in there he's going to die first so um you know normally you know as mcgee makes the point that the cupbearer eventually probably is pretty close to the king because they share the same fate now i took up the wine and and gave it to the king now i had not been sad in his presence and the king said to me why is your face sad seeing you're not sick in other words as mcgee teaches nehemiah was probably a really you know, maybe happy guy, jovial guy. I mean, people like to be around him, and he's never been sad in the king's presence. And so it's to the point where the king notices it. And he says, why, you're, why, you're, why is your face sad? And so they have a relationship where the king sort of knows him. Then I was very much afraid. This is Nehemiah saying, you know, he's given us a, he's given us his own heart. I was afraid because I got to tell him what's on my heart and that could be dangerous to me. Verse three, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why shouldn't, you know, and that's sort of a greeting, let the king live forever. And of course, he's sort of saying it about himself too. I, cause, you know, if if uh, you die, I'm going to die before you, you know. So let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lie in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? You know, he just lays it out there. He doesn't mince words. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? You know, the king senses something. So I prayed. You know, he said before he even blurts it out, he says a little prayer. Because he knows if he asks for something, you know, it could get him in trouble. It could cost him his life, potentially. He's a he's servant of the king. You know, you're admitting loyalty to something else. So, I said a quick prayer. Verse 5, And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. That's it. Doesn't mince words. I need to go and help. Verse 6, and then the king said to me, and then in parentheses, the queen's sitting beside him, maybe the, just a slight glance at the, the queen, you know, like, hey, should I do this? And she's saying, yeah, you should. How long will you be gone, and when will you return? That's the only thing he asks when you're coming back. 
So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province, to the province beyond the river. That's the governors. Beyond the river means Jerusalem. That they may let me pass through until I come to Judah and a letter to As Aspa, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I ask, for the good hand of my God was upon me. He knew God was with him, and he is going to get help. Then I came to the governors of the province beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent with me officers of the army and horsemen. But when Sanballat and uh, Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant heard this. It displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. In other words, it's a threat to their own pride. It's, you know, like, we don't need help. We're doing just fine. Verse 11, So I went to Jerusalem and was there three days. And then I arose in the night and had a few men with me. And I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me but the one which I rode. And I went out by night into the valley of the gate to the dragon spring and to the dung gate. And I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gate had been destroyed by fire. And then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool and there was no room for the animal that was under me to pass. In other words, McGee says there was so much rubble he couldn't even ride his animal. So much that needed to be cleaned up. Then I went up in the night, by the valley, and inspected the wall. And I turned back and entered by the valley gate. And so returned, verse 16. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, and the rest who were to do the work. He hadn't told anybody just yet. He's doing a little reconnaissance. He's there right now in humility. He's there to check it out. He's got to understand the problem. He's putting his prayers into action. And it shows us that it's not a, a done deal, even though he's coming with the king's authority and the king's letters. You know, the hearts of the people he's around are not a sure thing. God leads each person differently. And uh, as McGee was saying, you know, look how he led Ezra. Ezra was by himself. Nehemiah comes with an army with him. But God is leading each one of us, too, in our own lives. And we have to understand that how God leads us is not going to look the same as God leading somebody else. We can't compare one another. But God's with us all the same. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of this podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. 
Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through this great book of Nehemiah. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today's study is coming from Nehemiah chapter 1, beginning at verse 7, all the way through to Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through to verse 16. So in our last study, we left off in the prayer of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cupbearer of the king of Persia, and he had a political job. So he's a layman. So he actually saw one of his brethren who had come up from Jerusalem and he stopped them, you know, in the palace. Obviously, they, you know, they met and all. And he asked him how everything was going back in Jerusalem. And he was told, and um, this particular person he met told him that things were not good. They are in affliction and God's people are in reproach. And Nehemiah began to weep and he began days of fasting he mourned and he went and he began to pray so he took his position with the people though he wasn't there but he felt for the people and he took that particular position he took that position that he had actually sinned with the people he wasn't excusing or removing himself because he wasn't with the people so he could have been very pious or critical but he doesn't take this position he was actually concerned. He was genuinely concerned for his people. So if today the critics could actually take a leaf from Nehemiah and see how you know one approached the problem, criticism may have its place. And we do need to actually hear the truth, um, you know, all the time. But if one, if you know, if you're critical, if you if you criticize. And if your criticism doesn't affect or move or concern you, then actually just leave it alone. Like, in, um, you know, just because if, if you're not putting your, if it's not genuine and you're not putting yourself in the position of people, in the position of um, where someone else is, then what's the point of you just being critical and just complaining and just pointing out all these things and it's not just genuine? You know, if it's not moving you or it doesn't concern you, just leave it alone. You don't have to actually, you know, talk about everything and anything that you actually come across or see. Okay, so verse 7 of scripture, that's where we're beginning from. It reads, we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Okay, so... Nehemiah believed God's word. So he rested in it and he knew God's word and he was concerned. Verse 8 goes on to read, Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. So Nehemiah believed God's word. And he also believed in the return of the Jews to Jerusalem. So see, he's 
his he actually read and trusted and believed God's word and God had actually commanded that you know if they are obedient he will keep them in the land that will he will return them to the land verse 9 he goes on to read but if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them and keep my commandments and do them though some of you will cast out to the farthest part of the heavens yet i will gather them from there and bring them to the place which i have chosen as a dwelling for my name so this is a great prayer that nehemiah is giving here so he says that the lord has said he would scatter them if they disobeyed and they had so they were scattered but if they turned to god and cast themselves upon god even if they are scattered all over he will bring them back to the land so nehemiah believed um that they would actually be returned back to the land and he is counting on that um and he is counting on that he's actually praying about that verse 10 goes on to read now these are your servants and your people whom you are redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand verse 11 oh lord i pray please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day i pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for i was the king's cup bearer okay so nehemiah was willing and waiting to be used of god and god heard his prayer but he's not you know running ahead of god he went to god in prayer he's praying about it and he says he's going to going into king artaxerxes to ask for permission to leave and he was actually granted permission to leave that we'll see that later on in our study but you know he's patient he's praying about it he's waiting for god's leading he's not running ahead of himself so now we get to chapter 2 and in chapter 2 we see nehemiah's request to the king and his return to jerusalem and his review of the ruins of jerusalem verse 1 reads and it came to pass in the month of nisan in the 20th year of king artaxerxes when wine was before him that i took the wine and gave it to the king now i had never been sad in his presence before so this is where here we've, we've gotten to this is the 70 weeks of where the 17 weeks of daniel begins so nehemiah will see um so nehemiah as we'll see is you know he's a very delightful young man to be around um he's very cheerful and all he's likable and he was a cupbearer um of king artaxerxes and his duty was actually anything uh, brought, like what he was doing, it was anything that was brought to the king, uh, you know, like food or drink, he would actually taste it first. So naturally he became a friend of the king and as he was always in the king's presence. So obviously, you know, the king was very fond and familiar with him. Verse two goes on to read, therefore the king said to me, why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became 
dreadfully afraid. So, you know, Nehemiah is saying that he actually didn't know that his sadness showed. Um, you know, he had actually tried to conceal it, but he wasn't able to because, you know, when he heard the news, he was so, he began to mourn, he was weeping, he was fasting and he was praying. So, you know, his head, his, what he felt inside actually showed on the outside. Verse three goes on to read and said to the king, may the king live forever. Why would my face not be sad when the city the place of my father's tombs lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. So Nehemiah, him being a cupbearer, right? So he's always the one first to actually taste the king's food or drink. So he says this to the king, you know, like um, as, you know, he's the first person, he's the first one who always actually tastes or eats the king's food before the king actually tastes it. So, and, and he's, Nehemiah, like, generally hoped the king, you know, actually stayed in good health as well as, you know, himself. Um, and because he's the one who actually tasted that food first, so if it was laced or poisoned or anything like that, he, you know, um, he would be gone. So Nehemiah here, we see he just, you know, blurted it out why he was sad. So verse 4 goes on to read, Then the king said to me, Who... What do you request? So I prayed to God, to the God of heaven. So Nehemiah uses the word so, as we can see here. It says, um, so I prayed to the God of heaven. So he's not very wordy. He doesn't use a lot of verbiage. Um, you know, he used the word so a lot to actually get around to the protocol um, and flowery verbiage. So the king asks him, what he would actually like of the king to do for him. Verse 5 goes on to read, And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. So he actually said he would like to go back and help back home to rebuild his city. Oh, this is very nice. Verse 6 goes on to read, the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him. So, you know, this actually just shows, you know, they were all fond of him. They, he was a likable young guy. And obviously, you know, the queen sitting next to him had some influence. Um, the queen sitting next to the king had some influence on the king. Okay, so um, verse 6, I go on to read, how long will your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me and I set him a time. Here it is again. So it pleased the king to send me. So he doesn't go into that much verbiage and uh, ranting. You know, the king actually liked him and asked him, you know, how long he would be gone for. So Nehemiah gets to the point and doesn't use too much words and verbiage. Verse 7 goes on to read, Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. So, you know, this is a difficult trip. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going through dangerous country. So he, he, asked, he is requesting for letters from the king that will help his, that will help him have actually safe passage to all the way through to Judah. Okay, verse 8 goes on to read, And a letter to 
Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber and beams for the gates of the citadel which pertains to the temple for the city wall and for the house that i will occupy and the king granted them uh, to me according to the good hand of my god upon me so nehemiah says that he just trusted the lord and he didn't mind asking for you know these things he was asking for the king from you know the letters and all and um for a letter to actually cut timber and you know he doesn't mind asking for these things so god opened the heart of the king and nehemiah knew that the hand of the king was upon um the hand of god was upon the king yeah and the hand of god was upon him as well verse 9 goes on to read then i went to the governor's in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me so Nehemiah here we see he was well protected so he went with <clears throat> the Persian army <clears throat> so he had protection um if you know we recall back in the book of Ezra when Ezra requested the king to permit him to go he wanted to actually ask for protection but he, um because he was so eloquent in telling the king and asking for permission and telling the king how God would take care of them and all. And God would lead them. So he he and he was ashamed when he actually thought about it because there was a crowd of, you know, women and children. So he was ashamed to ask for protection as, you know, he was scared that, you know, the king would <clears throat> the the king would have thought you know, would have thought like, you know, you you did tell me that you are are you telling me that you're not trusting the Lord? Because you said the Lord will actually be with you. But he was trusting the, the the Lord. And God took care of him. And as for Nehemiah, he's a layman and, you know, a government official. And he's, he actually has the right to ask for protection. And God leads people differently. That's one thing we're supposed to actually take notice, like, or take note of. Um, you know, one person's blessing is not my blessing. One person's um, gift is not my gift. God uses and leads people differently and not the same. So we should just learn to be original, be ourselves. Don't try to copy others as we are led. We are all led and blessed differently. Okay, verse 10 goes on to read. So when son Balat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. So, you know, here we have the enemies. These are the enemies of God and God's people. Um, and they actually tried to hinder the building of the temple and of the wall. Um, verse, verse 11 goes on to read. <clears throat> so, I came to Jerusalem and was there three days so he uses so again here you know very brief and to the point so he's cutting down on all the usage of all a lot of words and verbiage verse 12 goes on to read then i arose in the night and i had a few men with me i told no one what my god had put in my heart to do at jerusalem nor was there any animal with me except the one which i rode so he actually didn't want to actually stir up and do alarm. Nehemiah went out, you know, in the middle of the night. 
um, with no escort or parade at night to actually make an inspection to see the real what the real condition was <clears throat> verse 13 goes on to read and i went out by night through the valley gate of the serpent well and the refuse gates and viewed the walls of jerusalem which were broken down and its gates <clears throat> which were burnt with fire verse 14 then i went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool but there was no room for the animal under me to pass so you know the debris was so bad that he couldn't even ride a horse so he had to dismount verse 15 goes on to read so i went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall when i turned back and entered oh and i so then i turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned so you know that's it that's his inspection so he goes out in yeah the dead of nights to actually go and inspect and not raise any alarm verse 16 goes on to read and the officials did not know where i had gone or what i had done i had not yet told the jews the priests the nobles the officials or the others who did the work so nehemiah is actually using caution and good judgment in doing god's work and we should too you know yes we are to go out there and scatter the seed um you know the word of god but we ought to also exercise caution and good judgment of where and how we do it it's pointless to actually put your life in danger um, because you're not going to get your message across okay but you know we, it's always good to note there's always you know enemies around who are always there to hinder the work of god but that shouldn't deter you always ask for the leading of the lord pray about it before you do anything no matter how small or silly it looks okay so this is our teaching for today thank you all for listening in. god bless you all and have a pleasant day bye-bye Thank you.